0: Hello, and welcome to the knife party. The year is 1462. Constantinople has fallen. Muslim Turks have invaded the north. An opposing a Romanian knight from the Order of Draculs is the only one to stop them. Coming this fall, Gary Oldman stars in Dracula. Actually, it came in November, so I guess that's considered winter. No, it's not. Okay, coming coming late fall, November 10th of 1992. Bram Stoker's freaking Dracula. So anyway, I'm gonna try to make this more fun because I recorded this three times and it's boring and I'm gonna split it up into two parts, actually three parts. Um, So yeah, anyway, let's just get into it, shall we? Uh, My socials are at Zach Evergreen and you can find me at knifepartypod.podbean.com or you could find me at Patreon.com slash Pod. All right. So uh, Dracula is in his Vlad the Impaler form. And Muslims are, are attacking. And they're, in Ro- they're coming up to Romania. And he, being Dracula, is the only one who could stop them. So he puts on his blood red armor, which is gorgeous, by the way. And this awesome, like, dragon-looking uh, helmet. Now, his wife Elizabetha is trying to stop him. She's doing her damnedest. She's clinging onto his armor, and you know he's he he just leaves. He leaves the castle, and then we cut to a scene where he just slashes and hacks through tons, tons of of the uh, enemy soldiers. And this is shot all in red, and we have black, uh, like, black silhouettes. We actually don't see the action. It's all in our heads. But it starts off super fast and it slows down where you see the enemy sliding down on spears, pikes, and other instruments of impalement. And it's a really cool scene. They're all twitching and stuff. Then he holds out his cross and uh, looks up and he says, God be praised, for I am victorious. And then he looks over and he sees his wife and he goes, Elizabeth. So meanwhile, back at the castle, Elizabeth, that gets false news of Dracula's death. Um, someone shoots an arrow into the castle with this message attached to it, and we don't know, you know uh, uh, who sent it. At least I don't think we do. I didn't pay attention to that part. But she is grief-stricken, so she climbs to the top of the castle and jumps off. Now, she lands in the river and it's renamed Achif, which means the River of the Princess. So Dracula walks into the cathedral, which is in the main chamber of the castle, of course. I believe it's the entryway. If not the entryway, it's damn near close to it. And she's laying on the ground and right in front of this giant crucifix. Um, now, the priest, who's played by Anthony Hopkins, by the way... Um, Dracula sees her, and she's got just a little bit of blood coming out of her mouth, and he rushes over and kneels by her, and you know, the priest says um, she's taken her own life. She is beyond the grace of God. There is nothing we can do to save her, and Dracula cries, and he's very upset, obviously. And the priest keeps talking, and perhaps this pisses him off, because uh... Yeah, he uh, he doesn't react to this news very well about her killing herself. So his anger turns, or his his sadness turns to anger, and he gets up and he starts screaming, "How I'm the one who defended the church! I'm the one who defended God! I'm the one who beat those those uh, non-believing, you know, heretics!" and he moves very erratically, and when he does, it sounds like a bunch of cymbals because you hear all his, ar- his armor just clink and clink and clink. And he moves like a lizard; like there is no dimmer switch. It's just, and then he walks over to the priest, and the priest is, uh, you know, like shocked. And he breaks his wrist and throws him down. And, you know, then uh, he says, like, "I defy God, and I will embrace the powers of the darkness." and basically he just goes, fuck you, God, I got this, I'm I'm gonna handle my shit here, right? And then he unleashes his sword and he runs up to the giant uh, crucifix and he stabs it dead center and it starts bleeding. Then we see everything kinda dims down and then uh, the candles all start bleeding and Dracula rushes, over, well not rushes over, he just positions himself up under to catch all the the chalice, and he fills it with blood, and he drinks it, and then we get our credits while this happens. Yeah, that's the beginning of the movie. All right, so now it cools down a little bit, and we see Jonathan Harker, who is at the clock, or he's a clerk in this law firm, and they mainly deal with properties, acquisitions, and such. So... Um, he gets the opportunity to take over for a man named Renfield, who is now quite insane. And uh, he was um, trying to secure this deal um, with this eccentric Count Dracula. And uh, he, his boss is talking him into it. He goes, you know, this is a very, very great opportunity for you. You should you should go down there immediately and, uh, you know, you should secure this. And so Jonathan has to meet up with his fiancée, uh, who is... Uh, Madam Mina and they are at this beautiful peacock garden and they were to be married and uh, now they're not. Uh, I mean they're gonna be married but they're just not married now because this this thing kind of just arose. So um, anyway she's she's visibly kind of upset but she's trying to play it off like it's cool and uh, you know she sits down she goes well we waited this long haven't we and he's like oh you know I'll, I'll be back soon and you know, after this, we'll be able to, you know, be financially secure for this wedding or stuff like that. So um then, you know, you see them, you know, kiss. And as they do, there's a really cool cut scene where you see these peacock feathers come in front of the screen. And the eye of the peacock feather becomes uh, this this orifice, which we realize is the tunnel of the train. And then uh, we see the train come out and it flashes to or cuts to rather uh uh, Mr. Jonathan Harker, and he's writing in his uh, diary, and he's just saying, you know, I'm I'm traveling here. Uh, we went through all these countries, uh, Budapest and uh, the Carpathians, and all this other stuff. And then um, after he reads this letter, and it's it's uh, from Dracula, and it goes, "My friend, I welcome to my home. Blah 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 blah. My carriage awaits. Your friend, D." Well, you know, Jonathan reaches his stop, and um, <laughs> the lady dropping him off, or there's a gentleman and a lady, and she has this weird, like, gypsy veil. She puts a crucifix in his hand, um, a necklace, and um, he gives her a look, and he says, you know, she says to him, the dead travel fast. Immediately, we get this all goth, blacked, murdered out uh, carriage with these horses with gleaming red eyes and the horse carriage driver is uh he's got like this armor on and he looks like he's a in a he's in a black metal band he looks like he's you know the keyboard is from cradle of filth or something um he's got this black helmet that kind of looks like a eagle he's got these these this chain mail he's got this black cloak he's got uh these these gauntlets and greaves and it's arguably cooler looking than Dracula's armor. That being said, he only has a brief cameo, so whoever works so hard on that, you know, kudos to you, but uh yeah, you only got a shot in, so unfortunately. So then um Jonathan gets in the car and uh, at a certain point, he's oh, I forgot, before he even gets in the carriage, uh this 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 courier, this this driver of this carriage reaches out his arm and it stretches way too long for you know, that any human can do. So this is our hinted at spooky stuff to come. Right. If it's the carriage and the glowing eyes weren't enough. So Jonathan, at a certain point, pops his head off. I'm um, sorry, not off. He doesn't lose his head. I mean, he puts his head out the, the window. You know, you know what I meant. And he looks up and he says, you know, driver, we're going to be much longer. And the, it just turns around snarls at him. And he's like, oh, shit, okay. And uh, at the same time, he looks down and notices that uh, they are inches away from falling off this cliff that is hundreds, if not thousands, of feet in the air. So he has a "oh no shit look on his face as only Keanu Reeve can deliver. Whoa. And then they arrive at the castle. And as they're coming in, they slow down. He notices this beacon. And it's uh, shooting up these... Blue flames that are about the size of like a, a, a keg barrel, a wine barrel. And they're just going up in the sky. And when that happens, the gates just open. And when they open, we see Dracula, right? Dracula's old as shit. I mean, he looks ancient. He's white as a sheet, um, he's got hair on his palms. Um, he he looks very like a, a witch. When I was a kid, I actually thought that it was like an old woman. I I didn't put two and two together that that was Dracula and that was Dracula. But then again, this came out in ninety two, and I was nine, so I was an idiot. I'm still an idiot. I'm just an idiot who knows a lot of stuff. I just retain information well, but I'm still pretty stupid and reckless. So anyway, he invites uh welcome to my home, you know, and uh, he sits. He sits him down for dinner. You know, he goes, he prepared a meal for him and he goes, forgive me if I don't join you for I have already dined, and I do not drink Coppola's wine. No, no, no. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. That being said, I am drinking Coppola's wine and I mean, I'm not going to not drink it, but definitely isn't my favorite. Then again, this is a store-bought Coppola's wine. It's called White Diamond uh, Cabernet, and it's 2019. It's way too fruit-forward. Mm. And I don't believe it was aged. So anyway, um, Mr. Jonathan Harker is sitting there, and he's eating dinner, and he looks at a painting, and he goes, Oh, a relative, perhaps. Uh, I see the resemblance. And then uh, uh, Dracula goes, Yes. Uh, the Order of Dracules." And they fought bravely in the name of Christ. Unfortunately, the campaign was not successful. And then John goes, oh, (laughs) yeah, whoa. And then uh, Dracula doesn't like that comment. So he grabs a sword, and instead of being all feeble, he goes and whips it around as if he was, you know, a 19-year-old playing with a lightsaber and uh, shoves it to to, uh, uh, John Harker's neck. And he yells, we dragoos have a right to be plowed. Whatever or witch is better than a killer's blood flows through these veins. And then, you know, just like a shamed dog who ate his uh, master's hamburger at a cookout, uh, Harker is looking down and he goes, I'm sorry if I offended you. And uh, then uh, some more dialogue happens, but it's it's pointless to discuss it. Just watch the movie if you want everything, because this movie's way too long for me to, uh, n- not in a bad way, it's just way too long for me to discuss everything because or else I'd just be reading the script and you'd be bored. And my job is to entertain you. So now we go to a, a scene where Dracula is signing these documents. And these are the documents to purchase Colfax. And uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, Eli, can we edit that out? I'm sorry. Um, First off, all right. In real life, everyone back then had a Bostonian accent. If you don't know this, this is a real piece of trivia. Everyone in London and England and all that other good stuff, Queens, Wales, everyone spoke like a Bostonian accent. Now in the Revolutionary War... Spies from Britain would speak, and uh, yes, of course, Halifax Abbe, and that was in order to distinguish one another. Right? It's kind of like their uh, their cant or their their carnival speech. Anyway, I digress. So uh, they're signing all these documents, and um, as they're signing the documents, uh, um, uh, fucking Jonathan. Knocks over some some ink, you know. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, Dracula uses his stamp, and of course it's red, it's a signet ring or whatever, and puts a stamp on it as a signature. And uh, this ink comes over and goes over Mina's locket, a picture in, in uh, Jonathan's locket is a picture of Mina. And now this whole scene, we see Dracula's shadow doing something completely different and it's definitely center screen because Harker's kind of lower center and Dracula is to the uh, left side of the screen. But his shadow is in the center of the screen. So it actually looks like he's having a conversation with the shadow, not like with the actual person. It's a really cool effect. And uh, when when that when that spills over, Dracula picks it up and he's got hairy palms. Now he's 300 years old and his wife's dead. So he's probably been a lot of touching himself, you know. So what they say is true, I guess, because these palms are hairy. I mean, I got long hair, and this is long hair. This is like six, seven inches. I'm not talking about his dick. I'm talking about his hair on his palms. And uh, he's looking at this picture, he being Dracula, and then uh, John Hucker goes, oh, you found Mina. And then uh, he says something like um, the most precious thing in life is, is a man's woman or some shit like that. I don't know. I don't I didn't write down all of his benign poetry. Um, So then uh, Dracula, I don't know if it's because of this picture or what, but he goes, you know, now I want you to stay for a month to tutor me in English custom. And then uh, um (laughs) I almost called him Ted. (laughs) I don't want to call him Neo or Ted. Let's... let's I'm making a mockery of this film. I actually like this film too. I think it's just cuz I've I've done this podcast this this one movie. I've done it 3 fucking times. I And so now I'm just having fun with it because I um did it super serious and it didn't really work out that well. It was just boring. So in a way I'm kind of glad it got what I did is I accidentally formatted my card. Whoopsies. Told you I'm technologically regressed. Uh, where the hell was I? Oh, yeah. So Jonathan goes, a month. And then uh, Dracula says, I will accept no refusal. And then we have a cut scene of him doing with his blood red cape. And it's not a cape. It's more like a giant fucking robe. With, uh, it's blood red and it's got like gold insignia of dragons and shit on it. It's, it's really cool looking. Nothing I'd wear to bed, though. It looks like, you know, too expensive to dry clean properly. And I think my cats would like, and like they'd scratch it all up and then it would look like a pro wrestling 80s thing that Ultimate Warrior would wear when he would run to the ring all hopped up on cocaine. All right, so now uh, we're going to cut to Mina and she is writing in her journal with a typewriter. Um, And she's, you know, she's writing about, this is in her diary. She always just writes in her diary. In fact, most of this movie takes place in the diary. I'd say the first two acts are almost all start off with a journal entry, or a monologue. It's kind of like Dune. I know I mentioned that too much. I think that's a new drinking game. If I mention Dune, you have to take a drink. Gladly, I say, after all the technological problems I've had. So, anyway, um, she's writing, and she's in uh, the same place, that well, not the Peacock Garden where she was in, but she's on that same property. And this property is owned by Lucy's family. We never see Lucy's family, but we see Lucy. Lucy is a girl... Who is the around the same age of Mina, so let's say like early twenties, and she's um, entertaining three suitors, and these suitors are Quincy, who's an American cowboy. Um, now this is, takes place in 1890, um, and or, or the 1890s. So uh, I don't know what a cowboy's doing over there, but fuck it, it's a movie. And um, as my uh, my boss once said, don't let you know, lies or exaggeration ruin a good story. So, uh, and then we have Jack. Now, Jack is a physician. He is a doctor. And he works at an insane asylum. And But he's also a, a doctor as well. You know, like a house call doctor. And then there's uh, Arthur. And Arthur is aristocracy. And besides Gary Oldman, Anthony Hopkins, Carrie Elwes kills it in this fucking movie. And he is one of my favorite characters. I wish he would have played Jonathan. That's just me. And she's talking about, you know, like which one she should get with and which one should take her hand in marriage. And then as they're talking about this, though, Wynonna writer kind of moves and she knocks over a book that she was reading. And it just so happens to be the Kama Sutra. Now, earlier before she walked in, she opens it up and sees a, uh, you know, a picture of, you know, what is in the Kama Sutra doing it. It's it's. Uh, porn drawings I don't know tasteful porn drawings and uh, then she goes uh, uh, you know he you know she's she uh, uh, her being Lucy is like oh yes Quincy would be like a wild stallion between my legs and then uh, Mina goes oh there's much more things to marriage than carnal pleasures and then when that knocks over she goes yes much much more and then it's funny because they're holding the Kama Sutra and they're bending it and like looking at it from different angles as if, like, you know, doggy style is that alien to people. And so And they're like, how can a man and woman do that? Well, it's like, bitch, I'll show you. It's pretty easy. It's very easy. I did it last night. Fibber, you did not. Well, in my dreams. See how I got out of that, that personal comment by quoting a movie? Pretty good, huh? It's not my first rodeo, bitch. So, um, let's see. Ah, we cut to, uh, we cut to, yes, so um, Lucy's suitors come over and uh, Mina is in her head going like, yeah, Jonathan didn't want me to stay here because the aristocracy and how they just freely speak. You know, and then Lucy walks over to Quincy, who's the cowboy suitor guy, and she goes, uh, you know, oh... Quincy, can I touch it? It's so big. And then he, she pulls out a knife. Now, I think that the actor that played Quincy forgot his fucking line because here's the line he says verbatim. Oh, little girl. Oh, my sweet little girl. You touch me and I kiss your hand. It, like It's just how he says it, it verbatim. It's, oh, little girl. Oh, my sweet little girl. You you touched me and I can see. Anyway, it's it's just it doesn't make any sense. Sounds like he's rambling. And then a Dick Van Dyke moment, but up but up but Jack enters, who is the physician, and he trips over uh like a ottoman or whatever, and then he lands on uh uh you know he he lands on Quincy's hat and then uh, and she's like, Jack, oh, brilliant, Jack, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, sorry about your hat, and he hands it to him. And then Arthur comes in, and then she runs over, Arthur! So she's expressing interest in all of them, and one, she expresses more than the other, expresses more than the other. And uh, it's it's very, a quick way to establish who these characters are, who I'm later going to refer to as the vampire hunters, stay tuned for that. But now that you know their actual fucking names. Okay, then Mina uh in her inner monologue, right, gets interrupted by everything kind of goes dark and like a little creepy and ominous. And then we see um you know some some whispers in in uh Rome, you know, in Romanian. Is that it? Is that a language? I'm pretty sure it is. So, uh Jack now is a doctor in his in his insane asylum and he's speaking to a uh to a recorder. It's a real recorder, it's not like what I'm using. It's like a horn. It, it looks like what you would play records out of, but yet it's a recorder, which is odd. And I think it uses those, those old school tape reels that were like cones. And they can only be used a few times, which is kind of odd. After that, they just... So uh, he checks on Renfield. Renfield, if you recall, was the original person who was going to help Dracula acquire this estate. And... Um, now he's sitting there picking up flies and spiders. And he, and uh, uh, by the way, he kills it in this movie. Tom White, shout out to you. Um, and he's got these cool-looking round glasses, and his hair is all a mess. And he's got these weird contraptions on his hands, and they cover up his fingertips. One would think that it is for keeping him from scratching his eyes out or maybe somebody else's. Um, I never really – as a kid, I never put that together, but now that's what I'm thinking. Kinda of like if you got like hives you're supposed to put cotton and tape it around your fingers so you don't make it worse. And uh he's sitting there and he's got a he's got a plate and it's got all these dead insects on it. And then Jack comes in and he you know, he goes, Awesome you, you know, canopy and And then Jack goes, I I must invent a new classification for lunatic for you And he goes, Yes, well, they're perfectly healthy And he says, uh um, then uh, he says, "Oh, well, you know, why are you doing this?" And he goes, "Oh, well, I need lives, of course." And he goes, "Well, what about a sparrow?" And he goes, "Oh yes, sparrows eat the eat the flies." And he goes, "I don't. Oh, something larger, perhaps?" And then uh, uh, Renfield goes, oh, "Oh, a kitten! A kitten! No one would deny me a kitten. Something I could teach. Something I could feed." And he goes, well, what about a cat? And he goes, oh, a cat, a big cat. My salvation depends on it. And then Jack goes, your salvation. And he goes, yes, and he lies for the master. The master will come. And then uh, uh, he goes, what, the master of what? And then he goes, Argh. and he attacks him, and Renfield's attacking him. And then here's the thing, though. Dude, you have it coming. Do not agitate somebody who's violently insane. Not insane like, you know, people who have rainbow-colored hair and a lot of piercings who throw paint at museums. I'm talking like, like that guy will fuck you up and eat your brains insane. Yeah, don't do it. It's not good. So, anyway, you hear him yelling, I need lives, I need lives, etc. Now, we cut to a scene where Jonathan Harker is uh, shaving. <clears throat> and Dracula comes in and... Uh, he Harker just has like a like a like a chill down the spine because he turns around and as he does he cuts his neck and he goes I didn't hear you come in whoa you're here whoa I didn't hear you Rufus and Jackie is like don't for, don't forget the one you'll watch because the clock in San Dimas is always coming no he doesn't say that it'd be cool if he did no it wouldn't it would ruin the movie maybe if someone mashes up this and Bill and Ted I would totally watch that movie you know what you should actually mash up bill and ted with the matrix because they are the same movie i've said it a million times they're the same fucking movie they really are yes the shaving scene i apologize i have to look down at my notes once in a while because yeah anyway you you know how it is when you have eight pages of fucking notes on a two hour mo- what two hour and 30 minute movie something like that it's a long time it's a long movie anyway um so the shaving scene yeah he cuts his uh he cuts his neck, and then he, he goes, um, oh, you've cut yourself. you got to be more careful. Perhaps you should just grow a beard. And then he takes the razor and licks it and goes, and he jizzes in his pants. Uh, by the way, this was um, Oliver Stone's, or sorry, Oliver Stone's. Uh, Coppola, his favorite moment in the movie, he says, was just that reaction of, you know, that. So then... Uh, He says, you know, the letters you've written, or the letters, have you written them? And then uh, Jonathan hands him, you know, the letters, and he looks through one, two, three of them. And then he, still holding the razor, Dracula, that is, starts shaving him, and you could see with every stroke, Jonathan Harker is getting more and more nervous. He, like, moves up with it, right? And then uh, he warns him, he goes, should you leave this room? There are many parts of the castle. It is very old and you might see strange, or, yeah, anyway, and he goes, yes, I understand, and then uh, at that point, he's about to do another stroke, and he sees the crucifix around Jonathan's neck, and he goes, brawr, brawr, and it breaks the window, and he goes, like, uh, um, you know, he says, uh, you shouldn't put your faith in such trinkets of deceit. This is Transylvania, and in Transylvania, you may see many strange things. And then uh, Jonathan goes, I've seen many strings already. Bloody wolves chasing me through a blue inferno. And then we get the, the wolf howls. And then, you know, we get the listen to them, the children of the night. What sweet music they make. And then he goes, Music, those animals. Dude. And then when he says, Dude. No, he doesn't say dude. Uh, you see Dracula's like elongated fucking red robe capey thing. This thing is like nine feet, like from shoulder to floor. Easy. And Gary Ullman's not that big of a guy. They make him probably look bigger uh by the way they film it. But uh he's not that big. So this thing is huge. Anyway, Harker. Um he decides to explore anyway. So he's exploring the castle and he's seeing all these like potions, elixirs and he's um you know he's he's looking around, he's snooping as one does. But I mean, in all honesty, don't you think if you were in a strange castle, you'd do the same shit? So, anyway. Um finally, when he's he grabs this potion and he opens it, and then uh, he sees like this magical oil actually defy gravity and drip up, and at that point, he can hear Mina go, Jonathan, or more like, Jonathan, Jonathan, come Jonathan. And then, instead of Mina being there, because that's fucking physically impossible, wait, it's a movie, never mind, uh, because Mina's already writing in her diary and jilling and off to the Kama Sutra, at least one could hope. I want to see that kind of the movie. Why can't I see that scene? Love to see Winona Ryder reading the Kama Sutra, doing, playing pocket pool. I don't know. I don't want to go too uh, too blue on this one, but I mean, really, wouldn't you? I know there's girls listening to this going, "Oh yeah, 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 totally, totally." Winona in her prime? Oh yeah, totally. Before a girls shaved. Um. So then, uh, he gets called over. It's the siren's call, if you will to uh uh this this bed you know she's like lay down da 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 and then we see oh my god monica fucking belushi if you don't know who monica belushi is she's only in a couple of movies but she is the hottest girl of that era she was a uh, italian model she's fucking beautiful she's married by the way to vincent castle that's just a fun fact for you and um yeah she's gorgeous uh just that being said, never watch the movie Irreversible. Um, It's got the most horrific rape scene ever, but it has one of the most evil death scenes as well. Just really don't watch it. It's like Serbian film. You just don't need that in your head. You know, you can't unsee some shit. Anyway. Um, So, uh, or Dead Girl. I put Dead Girl up there, even though it is it's entertaining for me. I don't think most of our listeners can handle it. But if you're a true Knife Party Patreon, then you probably can. Because that means you love horror so much. And sci-fi. But this is a horror movie. Where the hell was I? Yes. So Mona Belushi comes and kind of opens up his legs. And it's like a uh, like a prelude to fellatio, if you will. And she's got the nicest pair of mammalian vituberinses I have ever seen on film. And I... Come at me, bro. Tell me there's a better pair. And uh but, you know, women aren't objects. She's she's gorgeous in every way, including her personality. So go fucking jog on and don't cancel me, bro. Yeah. Um and then it's not only her, you know, like coming up, there's two other girls that just appear out of these red satin sheets. I would kill, I would pay money for this bed, even if the girls didn't appear out of it, which would be awesome. But just it looks so goddamn comfortable. And then they start to, um, you know, like a, a four-way ensues, basically, and they're kissing him and, and licking him and touching him. And then all of a sudden, Monica Belushi bears fangs. And what seemed like a good time down there is no longer a good time. That's It's a bad time. And they're all biting him and shit like that. And then Dracula busts in. And he's like, ah, what the fuck are you doing, man? He's mine. And and they're like, ah. And then he uses his powers to throw one against the wall and, and the other one. And the other one, it looks like they're attached, even though they just weren't. So I don't know if they like form up together or something. I, I have no idea what's going on um, when it comes to, when it comes to like, what's going on with these girls, but, um, apparently, uh, they all attach or something. So anyway, um, then, uh, um, they're, they're all talking in Romanian. So you're reading subtitles at this point. And, uh, you know, she's like, uh, well, you know, how dare you, you've never loved. And he goes, yes, I will love. And I have loved, I've loved once and I shall love again. And then uh, the other one's like, do you have anything for us tonight? Enter in infanticide. I love infanticide movies because I love it when even children aren't safe from the horror. Um, that's why, you know, in the the new rendition of Michael Myers, um, the, the Halloween one, I love it when he kills that 12-year-old who loves dancing um, just because, uh, yeah. I mean, in a horror movie, how come kids are safe? It's not fair. So um, uh, then he brings out this child, and we just see a cut to uh, Jonathan Harker's face. And he's like, uh, uh," and, you know, it looks like he stubbed his toe, like, on the edge of the bed on a cold morning. And he's like, uh, uh," and uh, you see, you know, the girls, like, devour this baby and then uh, uh he makes eye contact with dracula and dracula is so enthused he's like <laughs> i did not do that laugh justice that is the coolest laugh with the exception of billy or sorry the predator imitating billy's laugh in predator it is the best laugh besides that so number 2 laugh in a horror movie so there you go and uh then we cut to um let's see Da-da-da. Oh yeah Mina finally um gets those letters that uh that that uh, Jonathan wrote and she's all suspicious now you know she's like um you know what you know these these letters aren't like them, they're so cold and it's it's not a good thing you know, she's she knows something's up she knows something something's weird well something is weird going on here Mina um your fiance it was going to have a four-way, and then oops-a-daisy, he gets attacked. He's being held hostage. He just saw a baby get eaten, and yeah. And uh, so life's not really going too good for Jonathan. But if he closes this deal on this call Abe, maybe everything will be okay. I'm so glad I'm redoing this episode. The last one was not this fun. I think when you stop caring about shit, kind of like, not that I don't care about this, I'm just saying... You know, when, you're, when you kind of get a little loose, like it just, your art comes out. Because I just felt obligated to do this episode for a minute. Um, anyway. Um, after this little scene, we see that Jonathan's snooping around the castle again, as if he didn't learn his lesson. But my theory is that he wants to, maybe he can make it happen again. And uh, maybe without the biting this time. You never know. And then uh, we just see that there's these gypsies, and day and night they toil. Why do they work so? And they're filling all these giant boxes of earth, and these boxes are like, you know, like four by four. And uh, they're just wooden crates just filled with dirt from the bowels of the castle. And then um, when when he's snooping around, then you see Dracula emerge from one as one does when a vampire, where they go from totally straight prone down laying down and then just come up and uh yeah that's uh that's creepy but then the scene cuts I kind of don't like this scene just because it doesn't really I don't want to say it doesn't really make sense it just it just it's like huh it's supposed to be a jump scare but because he arises so slow it it doesn't really work I think if he were just to turn around and saw Dracula there and then black or something it would have been better because it doesn't really give you the feeling of impending doom is going to happen to Harker, but that's just me. You do you, boo. So anyway, now we cut to, uh, we we cut to, oh, I forgot. Yes, yes, uh, the part where Mina says, um, you know, she's, she's reading the letters and she seems suspicious. Lucy comes in and she's like, I love him, I love him, I love him. Arthur Homewood, I've made my choice. Lord and Lady Homewood. Oh, Mina, what's the matter? Why aren't you so sad? And, she, and then Mina goes, The letters he's written, it's just, it's not like him. It's so cold. And then um, it starts raining out of nowhere. And then they kind of giggle and they they dance around in the rain. They are dancing around in the rain with very light colored dresses. And these they did not wear bras in their i'm telling you it is wet t-shirt contest in 19 or 1890 right now and uh this movie is very very sexy and um like they don't sh- it is uh, let's just be honest um, i swear it's like blood boobs blood boobs blood boobs in this movie not too many deaths but blood and boobs so they got something for everybody I do know that out of a lot of movies that are of the horror genre of of uh, girlfriends, wives, and girlfriends and wives at the same time, I know both like uh, oh said too much. Uh, both really like don't cancel me, bro. Uh, both really like this movie because, like I said, um, g- girls nowadays like Twilight. You show them something like this, and they're like, "Oh fuck, Twilight! This is." You know what I mean? This is <laughs> this is a very mature version of Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey combined without the suck and the twinkle. Oh, I know Vox Tones 1, shout out to you, by the way, my first Patreon, Vox Tones 1, uh, will really dig that comment. So uh, anyway, where the hell was I? Oh, yes. So uh, Dracula is selling on the Demetor which is a ship bound for London and it is a cargo uh, ship. It's not like a pleasure cruise. And you uh, see all these boxes of earth. Now one of them, you see this Dracula uh, form of Dracula and it looks like he's gestating. Like instead of being all old and shit, he he's got like a cocoon around him and it's a really cool effect where the screen is kind of, you could see the ship is moving and the screen is kind of moving around and, and it looks really nice. And then, um, uh, Anthony Hopkins is now the captain, and he's narrating, and he's like, uh, the Demita ship sails for London. Crew, uneasy. A storm has traveling with us. And then it's, you know, like, day two. Uh, the shipmate has went missing. And then you see blood just, like, hit the sail, and it's like, no shit, dude. There's blood all over the fucking sail. I know it's for artistical purposes, but it really throws me. And then uh, we see... Uh, then after that we see uh um um shit after that what do we see what do the fuck do we see oh yeah we hear a Windhelm scream and we see like a um a a picture or er, not a picture but a flash of of uh Dracula in like this bat form and he's like so, like gritting his teeth and everything else like that and um, finally um, the ship comes near London and and Dracula in, in wolf form jumps out and he just starts running around, and as this happens, he they're by, like, a zoo or some shit. This white wolf escapes, and as the white wolf escapes, Dracula's running around the area. Uh, so there's, like, okay, they don't really spell it out for you, but there's downtown London, and then somewhere in that area, there's a zoo. And somewhere next to the zoo, there and apparently this is all, like, you know, walking distance, Someone next to the zoo is Colfax <laughs> And right next to Caulfax Abba is uh, the asylum. And uh, then on the other side, I guess, there's there's Lucy's estate. Because the whole movie, for the rest, takes place in this area until they go back to Dracula's castle. So there's not very many locations on this. But it doesn't really matter because every room in this movie is kind of a different location. So it makes sense uh, to, like, you don't need to keep it complicated. So um, Dracula runs to Lucy's compound and. You know, he's running around and it's a really cool effect where it's it's uh, in fast motion, but it sped it seems slow motion, so it kinda seems like your your D V D is skipping, if you will. Um you know, it it looks like it's jumping forward, which is really cool. And uh you know, he, he runs over to like some roses and you see him wilt, which is a really cool effect, like in fast motion kind of thing. And then um uh, Lucy, for whatever reason, decides to go for an entranced midnight walk. And she's wearing um, this red lingerie-esque Victorian outfit, and once again, yes, you could see a lot of stuff. And uh, she's she does this really cool scene though, where she's walking down these stairs and she puts like the veil on top of uh, one of the stairs and goes down it, and it's it's really neat. And she's walking through this topiary maze garden. And then uh, you see, you know, Dracula's in his wolf form. And then Mina is like, what the fuck, man? And then she runs out. And yes, again, we have a lot of mammalian votuberances, and they're bouncing everywhere. And um, sorry, this is not ta- to- toxic masculinity. I didn't, I didn't direct this fucking film, but they... They really do draw attention. All right, it's just like it's it's like a girl breastfeeding on a subway. You can't look away. You're like, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? This is not in a movie. Then again, you know, if you watch a movie from like 2012 and beyond, it's all you you couldn't get away with this. You know, I mean, they don't make movies like Sleepaway Camp anymore, do they? So anyway, Mina witnesses now uh, that that uh, Lucy is laying down. And on, on this, this stone, this granite, and this giant wolfman thing is fucking her and fucking her hard. I'm talking like, you know after a long-term relationship breakup, like that just uh, grinding stuff? And she's digging it, and she's making noises that I haven't heard in a while. And <laughs> then he bends over uh, he because, you know, he's uh, he's prone, and she's laying down. And then he, he bites her. And as he bites her, you know, he kinda turns around and notices that that Mina's watching watching them them go at it. And no one likes that. No one likes a voyeur. It's either get in the mix or get the hell out of the room. So uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This has just become a fucking Anyway. She looks, or he looks at her. She looks at him, and then you see Dracula's vision where he sees like every blood vessel and heart go through all her entire body, and he could sees it speeding up, and he goes, "No, do not see me." And then uh, he disappears. And then um, she, being Mina, comes to consult Lucy, and. She's like, those eyes. Uh, uh, and she's freaking out, and, and she's like, you know, it's going to be okay, Lucy. It's going to be okay. So, uh, yeah, that is that scene. And then we are going to uh, have the scene where, you know, uh, you, you see Dracula actually emerge from one of these crates, and, they go, and then we hear Anthony Hopkins, who's our narrator, and he goes, um, contrary to popular belief, vampire, though weak, can walk about by day, but his powers are weak. And then he busts out, and we see full Jesus Dracula form. And this is like his ultimate form, where he's got this uh, goatee, and he really does look like, like Jesus. But I think he can kick Jesus's ass, though. I mean, he's got vampire powers. I don't know, though. Jesus can get back from the bed. But so can Dracula. I don't know. I'd pay money to see that UFC fight. I mean, you know, Jesus can't turn to a wolf and shit, though. But then again, men kill Dracula in this movie. But then again, men kill Jesus? I don't know. You know what? With these weapons, I don't know. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, play this clip, and it's going to end episode part one. And then I'm going to go to episode part two. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And then I'll do the making later. I don't know how I'm gonna release this. I'm you know what? Okay. For Patreons, I'm gonna release this one first. Then I'm gonna do the making. Um, and then I'm after I do part two. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it kind of backwards. You know what? Why am I explaining my creative process? I'm gonna play this clip, and after that, um, I love you. Good night. So remember, be kind and rewind. Apologies, sir. Forgive my ignorance, sir. I am, uh, you recently arrived from abroad and I... I do not know your city. It's a beautiful lady. You may purchase a street atlas for sixpence. Good day. I have offended you. I am only looking for the cinematograph. I understand it is a wonder of the civilized world. If you seek culture, then visit a museum. London is filled Excuse me. A woman so lovely and intelligent should not be walking the streets of London without her gentleman. Do I know you, sir? Are you acquainted with my husband? Shall I call the police? Husband, I shall bother you no more. Sir, it is I have been rude. If you're looking. Please. Permit me to introduce myself. I am Prince Vlad of Sengha. I am your servant.